you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, everybody. Still in search of the perfect holiday gift? Nautica's got you covered. Get last-minute gifts for everyone on your list, including cold-weather favorites like the best-selling Nautics fleece or swim styles that go from beach to boat in a breeze. Use code FOOTBALL for 10% off your next purchase in-store or online through December 24th. Visit nautica.com to find a store near you. That's nautica.com, code FOOTBALL. Also, Navy Federal, they got a mission to put members First, by making their financial goals the priority, receive a lifetime of membership benefits to help you and your family accomplish your life missions, like a full suite of financial products designed to fit your needs, 24-7 life support, and access to over 300 branches on or near military bases. Visit NavyFederal.org for more info. Call 1-888-842-6328 or download the Navy Federal Credit Union app message and data rates may apply. Around the NFL podcast, Mrs. Gary Parnage. All right, welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined in a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Oh, happy Sunday, week 15. A lot of bangers. Always like a happier kind of less tense studio when you know the Browns and Jets don't play and then the Patriots lose it's like a per- <laughs> not behind the glass but you know in on this side people are just it's the perfect elixir I think that's fair it's uh especially when you think about it was it one year ago this week was it week 14 or 15 that the Steelers and Pats played last year 15 with the highly controversial Jesse James uh overthrow touchdown and I remember being angry uh that day my friends today I'm not as angry but Greg I'm not looking for a lot of credit, but I wasn't. I kept it down in the cubicles because I know you are rooting hard for the Pats, even if you play it off. I didn't want to gloat. I'm definitely rooting for him. I'm not trying to say that I'm not. I I could definitely hear the the murmuring though when when certain things were going well for the Patriots in the second half, and you're just like, oh, here we go again. Oh my god, <laughs> it's like oh uh, this again. And that what the ball is just gonna bounce right to him. <laughs> That call? Give me a break. You know. Well, there's a reason for that, by the way, and it's called like the last five or six years of our existence together at this uh, this business entity, the NFL. I, I feel you. Um, so a lot to get to. 
Wes, how are you, buddy? <laughs> Doing well. Yeah? Yeah, got some good news at the doctor recently. Everything's going well. Ooh. Care to share? Beautiful. You're pregnant. Well, I had some um, <laughs> <laughs> I had some acid reflux issues, and any time that happens, you know, you start to get a little worried that cancer could possibly come back. Everything is good. It's just um, sometimes I'm eating too close to bedtime, and that's mm. the issue. But my doctor assured me that I am very low risk for cancer coming back. So that is good. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Let's get to the game starting, yes, at Heinz Field. Four down linemen for the Steelers. Everybody else is back. Shotgun snap to Brady. Dancing in the pocket. Going to the end zone. Four Edelman. Ball's tipped and it lands incomplete. Worst part about it, two gross losses in the month of December as you're closing out a year with two layups left at the end of the year. Count on the and he's shading Sam Darnold. He'll come back to get you, too. That was Bob Sochi and Scott Zolak, WBZ, with the call. Tom Brady's fourth and long prayer went unanswered in the Pittsburgh Steelers for the first time since October 2011 have defeated the New England Patriots. Final score, 14-10 at a rowdy Heinz Field. And the win is a potential season saver for the Steelers, who end a three-game skid. Greg... The Steelers showed an iron will in this game, a trait not always on display in recent years come money time. They made the big plays when it mattered because I think their players were better up front on both sides of the line. I don't know if they showed a great will. They, I think they let the Patriots stick around in this game too long, and ultimately their pass rush Ooh. and their offensive line's ability to protect Ben Roethlisberger were so awesome in, in the key moments, but really throughout the game that it was going to be hard for them to lose. And I, and I think the Patriots, which managed to put themselves in position there at the end, the holding penalty that moved the Patriots back when they when they had the ball, it was you know first and I think it would have been second and four inside the 10. That was so emblematic of the whole game because they were holding all the time because the Steelers linemen were winning. And it's been a sloppy couple of weeks for the Patriots of pre-snap penalties, not taking advantage of red zone situations, and it's a trend. And that's why Zolak's concerned. They're not closing strong. I think you, you nailed it with sloppy because they're 14 penalties for 106 yards or the most they've had since 2014, and it was very unpatriots-like. And they are, at times, they're a team. You know, they had a chance to do what Tom Brady has done so many times before, which is go down the field with two minutes and a two-minute drill, tie the game up, and you wouldn't have been surprised. But I just don't really trust this version of the Patriots to do that. And even against some of these other teams in the AFC, I, I just I don't see them as this team that's automatically going to even win a playoff game at this point. They are, I've mentioned this several different times, they are a much better team at home than they are on the road. And I think if Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski were in their primes, you don't score only 10 points in a big game like this. I, and, I agree. And to, to the point I was trying to make, Greg, when I was setting you up, was that what we've seen in, in December and especially January with a lot of these post-Super Bowl teams for the Steelers since they won uh, seven or eight years ago is they don't get the big interception that Joe Hayden got in that spot. That yep. big third and down when Ben scrambles, maybe he makes a mistake or he airmails a throw. Instead, this time he picked up the first down to keep that final drive going. And then their defense wilted a little bit, and they got into the red zone, the Patriots. But then Pittsburgh, with the help of penalties, of course, they got the stop they needed. That hasn't always happened with Absolutely. No, you're right. And I can think of a third and seven to start that drive, the final Steelers drive, which went 13 That's plays. That's what I'm thinking of. 61 yards that they get it to Vance McDonald. A couple, a few plays later, uh, they had a third and six. Those are money downs where they protected, where the receivers made tough plays. 
and and they were the better team. But they also took advantage, I think, of of what's been another aspect of the Patriots that's very unpatriot. Like they're terrible at defensive tackle, and they're they don't have a good run defense. And I think this matchup, and I know it's the Steelers, and people think you know the Patriots own the Steelers. The almost the biggest reason this game frustrates me is I would not want to see the Steelers again. I think this is a tough matchup for them because of the differences in the lines. And when Jalen Samuels running 142 yards on you, you got a major run defense problem. And I think if they went up against the Ravens, let's say in the playoffs, like a lot of these teams have good running games. I think that's something I'd be really worried. Pittsburgh also, you know, just they came out of this because they came out, they got over their own mistakes too. There were two picks by Duran Harmon and Chris Boswell, who looks like a nuclear meltdown scenario, like found a way to nail that big kick at the end and kind of change that narrative too. But three, this was a game where it came down to so many key moments because it went by so fast. There's only nine drives for the Patriots. Three of those drives ended on bad drops, and I'm hearing a lot of like Tom Brady passed his prime. It's like this looked like a normal Tom Brady 2018 game for me. There was some, a lot of good and definitely some bad. And you can't have three. They're just a. They need to be a precision offense. You can't have drives ending on Julian Edelman or Josh Gordon drops. He can be past his prime and still play good enough to win. Right. I mean, they they still can be Super Bowl contenders even if Brady's not 2016 or 2017 and Brady. To your point, Greg, that you don't want to see the Steelers again. But there's a lot of teams you could throw out there in the AFC, and we talked about this on our Sky Sports hit that. They've come back to the pack to the point now, I think, the Patriots, where it used to be there was one or two teams maybe atop the conference that you think could pick them off. This is going to be a wide-open AFC, and I think any of these teams could beat the Patriots, and it wouldn't be a crazy upset. I think that's right. I think think if the Ravens or the Colts get in, and that's the way I expect it to go, I really feel like all six teams in the AFC have some shot to – to make the Super Bowl, and I would include the Patriots in that because they can come up sure. with a game plan uh, in a given week and, and figure out how to win these close. I'd games. normally battle you on that, but it's the Colts and Ravens that are two of the more exciting entries right now, and probably more mysterious and tough to it, deal this with. This is so big saying. though for the Steelers, who I think are Super Bowl contenders. To well, they got to make the playoffs first, right? They need to. They're a half game ahead of the Ravens. They, they if they don't beat the Saints in New Orleans, they're going to need help, right? But the Ravens play Saturday night in Los Angeles against the Chargers. That would be uh, candidate number one to get some help for the Steelers if the Chargers could take out the Ravens there. One other reason, Greg, maybe I had a little skip in my step. <laughs> I locked up them Steelers. In the oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, nice. And that's why I you, legit forgot that. you always have to keep your eye on the wounded animal. Because the Steelers were a wounded, cornered beast when they stepped up. That is, we don't need this sound clip in our lives for much longer. <laughs> Let us move on. Rodgers, end zone throw, and it's intercepted! And it's Eddie Jackson! Revenge was on his mind. He said we had something special planned for him, and the interception string comes to an end for Aaron Rodgers. Chris Myers of Fox with the call. Yes, the end of Aaron Rodgers' uh, much ballyhooed, maybe overly ballyhooed interception-free streak served as a fitting end for the Packers, who had nothing left after a 24-17 loss to the Bears at Soldier Field. The loss combined with the Vikings' win ensured the Packers would miss the playoff for the second straight year. As for the Bears, they are the NFC North champions for the first time since 2010, which was also, boys, their last playoff appearance. 
Greg Rosenthal, this was a special day for the team of Around the NFL. It was, and, and to beat Aaron Rodgers in that way was perfect. Like a, a tipped pass where Eddie Jackson closes it out. I feel like the whole season has been Eddie Jackson picking off tipped passes to close out games. And Jackson appeared to hurt his ankle on that play sliding down. That was the only downside uh, on a day where the Bears got a lot of things right, including a, a clean game, kind of stayed out of the way and stayed conservative out of Mitchell Trubisky. And beating an inferior team is what we've become accustomed to with this Bears team of ATM. Ooh, another lock. Oh, wow. That's, that's why I locked him up. Oh, Greggy's hot. By the way, sneaky uh, streak for Greg here, right? Four I mean, in a row. Wow. I think I'm on at 500 or so. What are we, Troy Aikman in 99? Is that who we're at? Or is Bradshaw it Bradshaw? In I wouldn't 97? get too carried away. <laughs> I mean, that four-game win streak, just as a side note, is the shortest streak of any one of us oh. in the history of the game. So you a little bit more work to do, Greg. Well, is isn't a one-game streak shorter? Well, I, your longest, mean? like your longest win streak. That is your longest. Who the hell knows streak. if it's your? Longest <laughs> you know who does lock it up? The Twitter account. Yeah. Who who noted that last uh. night? There's a misguided notion. <laughs> like, what out are we there. talking about here? Let's There's talk a misguided here. notion that we don't really care about the team of ATL. I love this Bears team, and they're one of my favorite teams on the block. Yeah, Wes, preach. A nice job today, and you know what? This is a predictable. If, if you've been tracking this downfall of the Packers, by now it should have been predictable that they wouldn't be able to move the ball against the Bears. And and the only uh, the last touchdown of their season, it was fitting um, that it wasn't even an earned touchdown in my mind uh, on some levels because Chicago made one mistake, I thought, tactically in this game, which was going for that fake punt near midfield. Yes. It didn't work out. When all they really should have done was punt the ball away and ch- – dare the Packers with their limited offensive powers to beat the Bears, which they would never be able to do, and they ultimately did it anyway. Packers also lost Aaron Jones. It's at that time of year when they're, they've been eliminated from the playoffs. Shut, start shutting people Aaron Rodgers hurt his groin at the end of the first half of this yeah, game did. and did not look uh, the same afterwards. So He said he would not be happy if they uh, chose to shut him down. I You you mentioned, though, Wes, why you, know, you enjoy watching them. And one of the joys of this team, which is – different in 2018 is they are very complimentary. Like I'm thinking of the sequence in the first half where they punt the ball, pin the Packers back. They get a three and out. They get great field position. They score the touchdown. Then just at the moment of the game where you're wondering, wow, the bears have been sloppy here. It's a tie game. Tariq Cohen fumbles the ball at a mesh point on kind of a trick play. It's tied like, you know, it's late third quarter. What do they do? They get a three and out against the Packers. They get special teams to to put them in great field position, and they go score the touchdown right there. And the three units have played really well together all year. And it's not just Khalil Mack. Leonard Floyd had a great game. Roquan yep. Smith as well. And, you know, when, they, when that week one loss to Green Bay, where I thought Trubisky, one of the issues was he could not find a way to seal the deal at the end and give Chicago a chance to win. They didn't score touchdowns at the end, but he, he led two late field goal drives that just continue to squeeze life out of the This Packers. was another, a nice building game, but I think the next two weeks are really important for the Bears offense and Trubisky because some of the quotes that Trubisky told the CBS broadcast crew about last week he seemed a little spooked and the game plan was spooked they were not as aggressive they didn't need to be but I think you want I wasn't impressed by their offense going up against a very wounded Packers team I think you want to see a little more out of your passing game the last few that's fair Tariq Cohen whose numbers maybe don't jump out at you at the box score but I feel like he makes big plays and important plays every week for this team he's really emerged as a key member of this offense he's their most important skill position player and I don't think it's close 
It is a huge off season for the Packers because I want they, they officially st- eliminated. By the way, they're out and like they they're they're a team that. from t- like an like offense and a defense from like 2009. Just the rest of the league is moving on and growing and evolving, and they are not. Yeah, all those little playoff scenarios. Ew, you know, last week Packers and Giants, waste of time. Spoiler way. alert. By the way, a, a listener. I mean, we have to talk about something. Last week. No, we can't talk about anything that spoils. Uh, a listener said, I do not know any results of games okay. until they get to the okay. games in our recap. All right. I have a retort, though. I <laughs> mean, how, about, how about follow football? What, what's more important, like those four people or just like a natural conversation for the, the rest of That's the That's an ugly assumption tens on your part. Of the world four. does not need to cater to people who don't pay attention. Listen, you guys are making a lot of assumptions about these people's schedules. I think they're lives. waking up. I think he's right, in Europe, and they're yeah. waking up, and they listen to our show right. first, which I get. The that's, games are happening at like fair. 2 in the morning. Yeah, hey, reorganize hey, everything my, around three people. Hey, my bad. Uh, you Another know, assumption of how many people are my in My bad, Stellan. The, the 2018 <laughs> right. Giants are a joke. Hey, right. there's an wow. internet. Wow. <laughs> Ugly, guys. Now Ugly. you're, like, going after random Scandinavians. <laughs> I mean, just please. Let's move on. Cousins from under center hands it to Dalton. He spins away from a dolphin at the 15. And it's loose! Inside the five. Touchdown! Two rushing touchdowns today from the Miami native Dalvin Cook. Spoiler alert. Paul Allen, Vikings Radio Network, one of my favorites in the business. Right near the top of the list. Dalvin Cook, a career high, buck 36 and two scores. Also a season high in carries, 19. And the Vikings, the new run-conscious Vikings with the new offensive coordinator, take care of business. 41-17 win over the Dolphins. Minnesota will enter week 16 in position possession of the NFC's sixth and final playoff spot. Mark, is that correct? Yes, my name is Mark. No, do they have the sixth <laughs> and final spot? Ah, uh, they do right now. Okay, good. Mark, uh, free from the glare of primetime football, the Vikings did damage. Yeah, it's like there was a lot to figure out about this team coming off of the firing of John Filippo because it's nice to say, hey, I'm Mike Zimmer. I just want us to run the ball more. Well, that there were a lot of reasons to think that might not be possible, but they came out early on and set the tone right away on the first drive and just ran it down Miami's throat. And they, this was not a perfect offensive game by the Vikings. They really kind of fell asleep for about a full quarter in the middle of the game, but then woke up with some big plays. They did it through the air as well. It was not, there was a Kirk Cousins interception. They got up 21-0, and you kind of felt like they were just going to run over a Dolphins team that was still, you know, swimming in their own juices from the Miami Miracle situation. Yikes. Well, they, they were. And that, they, the Dolphins, we'll get to them in a second, but... They worked their way out of their own issues. Like a, the Kirk Cousins threw a terrible pick six that made it 21-7. And then, and Dan was fascinated by this play. Rookie Dolphins rookie Kalen Ballage like ran for a 75-yard score, and it started to think like the Dolphins are climbing back into this thing. And can the Vikings handle it? But they got back to the ground game and started to punish Miami, and it was soon, soon, very quickly out of control for the Dolphins. And their season is on thin ice. Seven and seven. Come on. Are they eliminated, Greg? They, they are no. still uh, alive. Rev up the calculator, seven Greg. That, that beautiful mind of you. I don't think you need a calculator for this one, but. Or you do. I thought we were getting a new calculator. I thought so, too. I thought that's we talked that aboard the one. show. That's oh. way. Like that's that. what you sent me, Dan. Oh! oh! Hey, now! Listen, just because the Patriots lost, don't come after me. I'm not coming after you. That's the. That's what you sent me. It, it seems like a slightly one. more. Like, we'll take it offline. Okay. Okay. I can play the old logically savvy calculator. In Kevin Stefanski's play calling debut, the Vikings had more yards in the first quarter than any team this year. 
Mm. I think you have to credit mm. you have to credit Mike Zimmer. He saw a problem, and he the early returns say he fixed it. Yeah. Well, he, they were playing one of the worst rush defenses in the league, and they attacked it. And this is one of many games this. Well, year. they trounced it. They didn't. Right. Just, they weren't just competent. They destroyed them. Right. The the I saw a stat that Dolphins averaged one point two yards per drop back pass today. You well, do not see well, that in the on. NFL too much. It, it that was, is unbelievable. It's unbelievable what happened to Ryan Tannehill. We cannot. They had nine sacks. They destroyed he makes them. Too many hits and. Big part of that is the offensive line, which is missing some starters. It's also plagued Tannehill throughout his career. He holds the ball too long, and he takes too many hits. That's they, just what he does. Yep, they lost Frank Gore, which I think there was a scoring opportunity that had Frank Gore been on the field, they probably would have been able to punch it in. They didn't have a single receiver go over 30 yards. And, uh, you know, Dolphins fans are often frustrated with us uh, for a variety of reasons, but this is why, because you cannot trust them to build their own momentum. Coming off a big win over New England, they laid a massive egg. Well, but it, did it, they lay an egg, or are they just no good, really? Well, but that's the other side really of the argument. But They're it's not like, that good. They're not that good. They shouldn't be dominated like this. But it is a – if you're a Vikings fan, you start feeling something here because I think you look at the yards and the score and everything and, and you say this is the best game the Vikings have had all year. Yep, and, and on defense too. And so you think, okay, can we build on that? Dalvin Cook, I think, looked explosive yeah, for about yes. six weeks. Look great they just haven't been able to totally take advantage of it and now look at him. All yeah. right. Let's listen to uh, – let's hear from a sponsor. Why don't we? First of all, Erica, apologies. I just want to say, I want to apologize to you. Oh, no, it's okay. I'm sorry if I... I know it's it's a bad day with the Patriots, but you're right. That was the drop that I asked for. Yeah. Hmm. Thank you. Um, sorry that it wasn't what you originally expected. I think... It's a nice little uh, moment there. I know. This is like... Yeah. Tenderness is not usually something we have on this show too often, so I really... Kumbaya. Really you're a wonderful producer, and, and I appreciate you. Aw, thanks, Dan. Okay. I appreciate you as a host. <laughs> <laughs> and as a person, I guess. A, a very clear A and B scenario there. Uh, Candid makes it convenient, affordable, and easy to straighten your teeth. Candid's clear aligners are sent directly to your home and customized specifically for you to fix and straighten your teeth. Use their at-home modeling kit and then send back your impressions and some photos. Candid's network of highly trained Orthodontist will then review your specific case and provide you with a 3D preview of what your treatment will look like. I had a very um, uneven relationship with my orthodontist as a child, Dr. Jablonski. Just it was not always. It was a bit of bu- bumpy, bumpy at times, I would say. I mean, you're not really giving him a forum to respond. You might have been well, he's part pa- of the he, issue. He is passed on. All right. But you still hold it Conversation over. Candid's treatment takes an average of six months and costs 65% less than braces. It will literally save you thousands. You're the you're one step away from getting straighter, whiter teeth. Take advantage of Candid's risk-free modeling kit guarantee and go to candidco.com slash around to save 25% on your modeling kit. I'm sure the orthodontists uh, associated with this product are top-notch. That's candidco.com slash around to get 25% off the price of your modeling kit. Not that Dr. Jablonski was not a good orthodontist. He was a good man. It was more – it was just a tough relationship. I mean, we it, all – it's the curiosity around this. The three of us are very curious about this situation. So as many more facts as you want to provide. He was a good uh, orthodontist. Candidco.com slash around. Lamar Jackson, a quick pitch to Chris Moore on the misdirection. Moore is in for the touchdown. Brilliant play design and execution, and the Ravens are back in it. 
rookie quarterback Lamar Jackson anointed the Ravens st uh, starter earlier this week, rewarded his bosses with another winning performance. LJax ran for 95 yards, threw for uh, 131 more. The Ravens, 20 to 12 victors over the Bucks. We now welcome back our good buddy, looking yoked, Nick Shook. Hey, buddy. How are you? The, the Ravens inch closer to the playoffs. Technological uh, apocalypse happening right here. <laughs> Everything's fine. The Ravens inch closer to the playoffs with a now reliable formula. Trust your D and run the damn football. Yeah, uh, this is a team that doesn't necessarily pass the ball well, but runs it really well because their quarterback is a serious running threat. Uh, exhibit A this week. He rushed 18 yards for or 18 times for 95 yards. Gus Edwards outdid him a little bit more, 19 carries, 104 yards, and a touchdown. But the point being, on a wet, rainy, kind of muddy day in Baltimore, they were suited for this. And this is kind of a formula that a lot of other teams in the division have done in the past, which is let's run the crap out of the ball and let's play good defense. And it worked to, not to perfection, but it worked well enough. They're a good counterbalance to a lot of teams in the NFL right now. They're the team that likes to get down and dirty and do some grunt work and pound, ground and pound, baby. Yeah, but they became that once they made the quarterback change because that's not who they were early in the right. season. And, and people kind of been pointing out, okay, this this can't last, you know, this style or whatever. And, and yes, they're a great running team with Jackson. That that's a good identity. But it's not just that they're great running. They're one of the last five weeks is one of the best stretches that any NFL team has ever had running the football. Period. Right. They've gone 267, 247, 207, 194, 242. Whoa. So they were only six yards off last week from being the first team since the 78 Patriots to go 205 straight. And then they went back to 240. So this isn't just, okay, like we have an identity. It is like we are one of the best running teams, at least for this stretch, that we've seen. And, oh, by the way, we limited Dirk Cutter's bucks to have 12 first downs, which was the lowest in his uh, entire time running the team. It's a formula that makes sense. It's it's kind of out of necessity, but it works. And if it works, like you said, why change it? And, and it works because you have two guys who are able to run the ball at any time. Even when he's dropping back to throw, a lot of times he's pulling it down and running. And it's not a bad thing. Long term, we'll see. But right now, they're on the edge of the playoffs, and it's because they, of that. They held the ball for more than 37 minutes. They had two drives that lasted more than seven minutes. And, and that final drive that closed out the game, 7-0-8, this is an interesting way to play football in 2018, and it's working. I, I also think, because, you know, there were whispers about John Harbaugh being one of the guys that might be, you know, on the bread line after this season. Well, forget all that, because I think he's done a really nice job in terms of the transitioning the quarterbacks in a drama-free way and showing that, you know, if you think, oh, the Ravens are the same thing year after year, we can completely change our philosophy, you know, midway through the season and become a much more intriguing, potent team. And it's kind of like what we just talked about with the Vikings, where it's like you're going to try to change your identity. Not easy to do, but they've handled it really well, and it's been – they're one of the most unusual NFL teams around right now. Huge game at the Chargers next week. If they lose and miss the playoffs, what do you think of John Harbaugh's job security? I, here's the thing. If there's five or six or seven teams looking for a coach – how do you say? How do you more. figure out that you're going to go get a better coach than John Harbaugh? I agree. I feel like what he's done I, I by think changing he, this team and his philosophy has saved his job. I think he'll keep the job. I mean, in, barring them losing the last two games, they would have to lose to the the Ravens too. I mean, to the Browns too. And I think Don Martindale's done a really good job as their coordinator too, as a first year uh, hire. And Harbaugh's done. I think you can look at who he's hired for his staffs for the most part and done a really good job doing that.
You get a chance to say wink and you pass. Yeah. I mean, Don doesn't get a lot of uh, pop on this show for uh, the coordinator of, you know, statistically the number one defense. Is he the coordinator of ATL? No. Is he even the coordinator of the wink year on it. his own team? Look what the offensive mm. side's done. Conversation over. A lot next. of Marty Morning I love there. <laughs> any Greg other, Roman. Any Greg other Roman. thoughts on, on this game, uh, Nick? Any other thoughts on this? Yeah. Um, tough day for the Buccaneers overall, but they do have some, you know, things to be excited. I kind of like Peyton Barber. He's a little bit of an interesting running back. He rushed for 85 yards against one of the league's best rush defenses. You don't so. love him as much as Tom Brenneman loves him. No. Bomb? Bomb, Bomb loves Peyton Barber. Uh, let us move on. The snap. Hi. The slip up. The kick is up. The kick is good. Bullseye. Bullseye. Hopkins hits it. And the Redskins win. Is that Patrick Blaylon? <laughs> no, it's Larry Michael of the Redskins Radio Network. Uh, yes, Dustin Hopkins made a 36-yard field goal on the final play of the game. That won it for the Redskins, uh, who went, uh, finished with a 16-13 win over the Jaguars on Sunday. It snaps a four-game losing streak for Washington. Somehow keeps them on the fringe of the playoff picture. I mean, what? how do the Jaguars lose this game? What Let's dive mess. into this one. Well, Let's go deep. <laughs> for starters, Cody Kessler ran for more yards than he threw. What? Oh, no. <laughs> if you want an indicator. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. 57 yards passing. We're not talking about Josh Allen here. Oh, no. 68 yards rushing on six attempts. Oh, no. Uh, it was one of those days for the Jaguars. Uh, this is pretty much what this team is at this point. They lack, a, they lack skill up front because of injuries. And uh, it kind of trickles down from there where the rest of their offense is just pretty inept. And, you know, credit their defense for holding the wonderful world-beating Josh Johnson to, uh, uh, you know, 16 total points in this offense. What? You're crediting the Jaguars' defense? No. Uh, (laughs) It was a joke. (laughs) (laughs) That's dry humor being employed. (laughs) Really ugly game to watch. I mean, you know, I know that. David Ely, your supervisor, is at a wedding this week, and I'm glad that he could take a essentially a bye week to enjoy uh, whatever <laughs> no. the friend is that got married. That's nice, but I, it's weird because they were like, was it a Sunday wedding? It was a cousin. It, it was a Sunday wedding. Well, that's very nice that someone got married. But the fact that he, as a parting gift, handed this to you as an assignment, mm, wow. I think you need to sort of circle back and say a little more respect, bro. Listen, I, I have paid some dues <laughs> in my days. I watched a lot of 49ers games in the in the Chip Kelly and uh, and, and year before that, and. Uh, this is nowhere near as bad. It's it's crazy because the t- the Redskins aren't really even on the fringes. I mean, they're half a game out. We've all written them off, and and I'm gonna con- uh, I'm going to continue to write them off. But it, the fact of the matter is, they're half a game out of the playoffs, and that you know going they could have been. It might in as it. well be twenty games out of the playoffs. They they play at Tennessee and then home against the Eagles. Could they win one of those games with Josh Johnson? Tennessee could have a stick. I don't know. I feel like you They've maybe it could. It's kind of. It spells out the Kaepernick issue, I feel like, even a little stronger, the fact that they were able to win a game with Josh Johnson. They beat a mind. team whose quarterback threw for 57 yards. <laughs> they beat a team who – Let's calm down on acting like the Redskins are relevant. That, they beat a team also who uh, their best player, perhaps, Jalen Ramsey, said after the game when asked about their Doug Marone's future, I ain't worried about nobody but, 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 but myself. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Not a surprising Ooh. quote coming from Jalen Ramsey. Uh, and – Tom Coughlin might be the head coach by week 17 at this rate. <laughs> that's 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 the new working theory on my end. Uh, all right, let's move on. Enough of that. Denver has to have this or the ball game is over. Low snap, Keenum takes it. Pressure comes, he's sacked. 
He is taken down to the ground by the safety, Jabril Peppers. And Cleveland is going to snap their 11-game losing streak to the Denver Broncos. Brandon Gowden of Westwood, one with the call. Let's move to Saturday football on fourth down. And with the season on the line, Brown safety Jabril Pepper shot through the line, took down Case Keenum. The decisive play in Cleveland's 17-16 win over the Broncos at mile high. Mark Sessler was not pretty, but the Browns came through with a huge road win, ending the season an old nemesis in the process. Eat it, L.A. Yeah, I mean, for Nick and I, long-time, long-suffering Browns fans, uh, this was a long time coming because I can remember they had not beaten Denver since 1990. In 1992, when I was at the uh, my University of Miami or Miami University, I took a, a Saturday car trip with some friends up to go watch the Browns play the John Elway-led uh, Broncos. The Browns had Mike Tomzak as a quarterback, so you knew it was going to be a tough ask. But they lost 12 nothing, and on the way up, our car that we were in burned to the ground on the highway. <laughs> and I did not realize. To come, for sure. at, yeah, at that yeah. moment, that was a microcosm of what would be not just Cleveland's uh, situation with Denver, but their situation as a football team for many, many years to come. So last night, because when they beat Denver, and things have changed now, it's, it's highly unlikely outside of um, some sort of national crisis that they're not going to make the playoffs. But when you went to bed last night, there was a chance. I don't and even think the national crisis is. Well, how does a national crisis make the Colts and Titans tie a game in week seven? I mean, Indianapolis would need to, like, sink into the earth. I mean, something <laughs> like that. And that would be a world crisis. But uh, it's not going to happen. But you cannot feel anything but satisfaction with the way that they've turned. It's another team that transformed their season by making coaching changes. And it was not a pretty game. And Greg Williams is lucky that a horrible timeout call as Denver was being flagged for a neutral zone infraction did not cost Cleveland that game. But luckily, they played a coach in Vance Joseph, who's pretty good at hurting his own team with decisions. So it was messy, but I like watching them. They don't win a lot of messy games. Like this this was a completely unique type of Browns win. This it, actually had the feel of a, of a textbook Browns loss because yes. of the aforementioned timeout that you know uh, erased what would have been an encroachment penalty that would have given them a first down. You know, going for it on fourth down. Uh, not not kicking the field goal in that situation, not getting the yard that you need, and then watching Case Keenum of all quarterbacks lead them down the field for a game tying field or a game winning field goal, mm. which didn't happen. But for a long time, I had a feeling it was going to happen. I mean, it it felt like Joseph Vance Joseph, the Broncos coach, like had bet on the Browns or something when he decided to kick <laughs> yep. a field a goal. Slight accusation, but when he when he decided to kick the field goal on fourth and one inside the ten midway through the fourth quarter, I thought like. What is happening here? In what situation is that a good idea? And his players and Brown's players both talked about it after the game. How stunned they were by the decision. You don't want to. You don't want to stun your players in a bad way. That with decision moves like that. was not. I mean, credit to Greg Williams for turning the season around. But Vance Joseph's decision was not nearly as bad as Greg Williams' decision. To Greg Williams has felt down. like yeah, to, felt in like a bad one point luck. game that, that would have given surprising. him a four point lead. That was an indefensible decision. I would agree. I think he narrowly avoided uh, being crucified in Cleveland and losing any shot at maybe hanging on. So are we he looked agitated he, at himself after he made it. Like but I he wonder if there was agitated. No, I know. I, I mean, I I don't know if that he was thinking. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to nullify like this penalty. I think it just was bad timing and a bad idea, and it came together to be you know so near disaster. One of our big takeaways: both Vance Joseph and Greg Williams, maybe not the future of the head coaching position. <laughs> no, but the future I'm is right in Cleveland. I, yes, I, I, what do you do with Vance Joseph, too? Because on one hand, it's Ann Case Keenum who served up 
two awful interceptions and was pretty pretty poor for the second straight week. He's playing without like his top players. They're missing offensive linemen. On some level, it made me realize like the Browns would be a fun six seed, but they're not ready. I don't think they go on the road and win a playoff game by any means if you can't do better against this Broncos team. But it's like, does anyone think Vance Joseph's going to be a better coach next year? No, I don't know. No, he. I, I think he's probably one of those guys who could slide on the list of firing watch late and end up losing his job. Well, there's four or five games that stand out where Vance Joseph decisions hurt his team. And you can't be one you, – you, not, not everyone can be Bill Belichick. You can't be one of those coaches that's costing your team every other week or every week sometimes. And the Browns are 6-7-1. and one. No playoffs, but this is – Mathematically still alive. Season they needed – Oh. There you go. Oh, that's right. Oh. <laughs> oh. How many in a row, Mark? Don't want to sleep on this. Eight in a row. Eight straight. Ooh-wee. And how are you – I know that you and Dan – uh, got to a local watering hole to watch the Jets-Browns doubleheader a, a day that Lakeisha, uh, the paramour, described as, what a cute date for them, right? <laughs> <laughs> it what was a cute, cute day, but by the Morgan end, Dan. that's a long day. So I'm just curious, how was how were you doing by the end of that day? Oh, we were we were in great spirits. Um, <laughs> like, And I can assess that, you know. The royal way being used. Well, we actually, it wasn't just a date. It was, we had a, it was, Henry Handsome Hank showed up too, and he helped grease. And young Jack, well. Jack Hansis was in. We had a child there, which yeah. seemed like a responsible move for what we were up to. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was fun. It was a glorious day. You know, speaking. Watch the game with my children at the end. Speaking of children, uh, as your car burned down to the ground, about four hours away across the state of Ohio, I was struggling to hold my head up, as a newborn. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I'm not like I'm not claiming to be. I feel 21 inside, but I am not 21. Um, Nick at all. Nick, as a Browns fan, I know you're feeling good too. So get to that gym and use yeah. the 2019 season when you go 12 and four as motivation. The slim playoff hope endorphins will power this. Right <laughs> I now. like that. As for Mark, well done. You really tiptoed around the events of last night. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's also like some Instagram stories that would suggest exactly what was happening. So uh, we have some missing clothing items, uh, a pair of bifocals. Oh, I lost my yeah, I lost my glasses, which I lost previously on a road trip to Houston with John uh, Gonzalez, and so again, you know, I cannot go Ooh. to the Super Bowl. I won't even be able to see the field without these. So called Rocco's this place, and the guys like, do they have them? Hey, we're too busy. We got a full slate of games here. <laughs> Call back tomorrow during like Monday afternoon. It's like I, th- as he crushes th- your glasses and fans. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's check in with that other uh, Saturday game. Fakes the handoff, throwing left side, wants DeAndre Hopkins, and Nuke with the TD catch! Oh my goodness, he hauls it in. Shake it up as he hits the ground. What a grab by Hopkins. Another masterpiece. Mark Vandermeer, tilt with the call. DeAndre Hopkins was the entire Texans offense, at least that's what it felt like on Saturday at the Meadowlands. Going off for 10, 170, and two TDs, including that go-ahead score late in the fourth quarter. 29-22, the Texans hold off the Jets. Uh, the Texans can clinch the AFC South with a win next week in Philly or some losses uh, with other teams in the mix in the AFC South, the Titans and Colts. Um, this was the game uh, when uh, Houston jumped out to a 16-3 lead. And, and like I said on Thursday, th- I was excited to watch a Jet game and you know, have a, have a couple uh, Tito's and, and, and enjoy myself. And, and then it's 16-3, and it's like, oh, so is this going to be a 34-6 to six loss? And Sam Darnold gets his 
ass handed to him. <laughs> uh, but then a very exciting thing happened. Uh, Darnold got hot, and I thought this was one of Sam Darnold's best games, if not his best game as a Jet. And he uh, led the team on uh, multiple scoring drives and just looked like a guy that's just begging for a better surrounding talent. And if he gets that, I really feel confident that this guy is going to be a legit franchise starter. So this the foot injury yes, that, that cost him three weeks, uh, he's come back with two back-to-back really quality games, and I'm feeling good that he comes out and finishes strong, Wes. I know you uh, you like the way he played as well. I did, and it feels like he's got a lot on his shoulders. It almost feels like the play breaks down and he's running the offense, not the offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. which I give him a lot of credit for that. And I know you want to see the Jets win, but this is – best case scenario that kind of is that Darnold plays enough two straight weeks that you really confident in him and the Jets move ahead of the 49ers in the draft order because they lost in the 49ers won that time off for him might have been a positive to take a kind of a blow in the middle of the season figure out some things that have gone wrong because he looked awesome yesterday I mean I know a lot of it was second reaction plays and you can't count on that every week but for it to to be pulling out, I thought that was his best game of the year by a decent amount, and it was really fun to watch. And there is there is no doubt um, that the S darn oh, nickname yeah. is has taken off officially. There was a lot of a shot here. heat around that, and I think it's playfully uh, – it's just the right kind of nickname for him because it's so versatile, and I would say let's continue. I'm with you. Run. I love S. Yeah. I love S darn. We'd be remiss <laughs> not to mention uh, Nuke going 10 for 170 and 2. I, to me, he if a receiver should – He's the most valuable receiver. I'm putting him in my top five of the MVP candidacy. He, to me, their whole team falls apart without DeAndre Hopkins, and this was another reason why. Like, you watch this game, and you didn't think these two teams were that different. The, the Texans just have, like, these superstars kind of propping them up, and Nuke, to me, is, is at the top of that yeah, list. That's a good way to put it because Deshaun Watson made big plays when it mattered. Hopkins is such a valuable uh, studly uh, playmaker. J.J. Watt had two and a half sacks. Clowney made – some big plays in this game. But you also, you know, you kind of expect them to take care of business against the Jets team with a half-empty Meadowlands Stadium. So I, I was kind of all in on the Texans earlier in the season. They're 10-4, and four, and that that's great. But do I think they're at the level of some of these other teams in the league? I don't think these other double-digit teams, I don't think so. That's fair. They got a number two seed right now. So if they can finish off, the, they're in Philly and then home to the Jaguars – Pretty good slate there. Win those two games, and you're hosting a game in Houston. That's a tough place to play. I think that they're a team I think home field advantage does mean a lot. And all, all credit given to Nuke Hopkins, uh, but he got a helpful assist from Todd Bowles, who refused to ever double-team the Texans' yep. number one threat. And Tremaine Johnson, who they gave a trillion dollars, didn't even cover him for the large majority of snaps. They had Mo Claiborne on an island. And Mo Claiborne's a nice number two cornerback, but on an island against one of the top wide receivers in the game. Todd Bowles, please, please, go away. Hey, how do you have a uh, week to scheme for this game? And that's that's what you come up with as your best uh, plan for covering this I, dangerous wide receiver. I want Todd Bowles to have a happy life and to continue his professional career. But I'm just I'm all set with Todd Bowles in my. I think you're getting. I think you're getting your wish here, and and I if I had to guess, I think they're gonna go full house clean, and <laughs> there's gonna be a new personnel guy there in New York. We shall see. Yeah, it feels fifty-fifty to me, but I would not be shocked. Let us move back to the Sunday action. Let's go. Luck out of the gun. Matt to his left as the running back. And they'll hand it off to Mack. He's at the five. He's in the end zone. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. 
His second rushing touchdown today. That one from six yards away into pay dirt. And the Colts now lead it 16 to nothing. There you go. Matt Taylor with the call. So the Texans win. The Colts trying to keep pace, trying to make it a, a race in the uh, AFC South. Marlon Mack goes off for a career high, buck 39, two touchdowns. And the Colts defense shut down the previously rolling Dallas Cowboys. Final score, 23-zip at Lucas Oil Stadium. And the Colts have all the looks of the team you do not want to see on Wild Card Weekend, West. You're loving it. This Colts team, the defense has improved throughout the year. I think the last five weeks, you should credit their cornerback trio for shutting wide receivers down. The last three weeks, they've been a downright dominant defense. Uh, over the last pa past eight games, they are 7-1, and one, allowing only 15 points per game and scoring 27.5 per game. Mm. This is a good team. Greg? And this was not your typical shutout. This is not what you think about a shutout. The Cowboys came out the first three drives, went 10 plays, 15 plays, 14 plays. First one, blocked field goal. Um, second one, fullback Olawale dropped a touchdown. And oh, then, terrible drop. And then Marcus Hunt stonewalled Elliott in the backfield on fourth down. And then the, the third drive, um, Tyquan Lewis, rookie second-round pick, sacked Dak Prescott. Forced him out of field goal range, and really the Cowboys dominated time of possession mm. in the first half, more than two to one. And the Colts just put it in the bank from there. They just they leaned on the ball and, and took over from there. But this, Danico Autry, another big game. Darius Leonard outplayed Leighton Vanderesh in the defensive rookie of the year battle. Um, this Colts team is is rolling pretty well right now. There was also a moment when they were down 17 nothing, trying to climb back in, where Prescott hit Cole Beasley on a on a third down pass that would have been it was second or third down pass would have been a first down, and it's called back by flag at the end of that drive. It's like they could not get out of their own way despite being able to move the ball. You, you go ahead. I was just going to say the Cowboys made mistakes and the Colts really didn't. The Colts played a very clean game, and they got. Big defensive efforts in key situations. They're so, I think they're just really well coached. I mean, I'm so impressed with Matt Eberflus just because he Talk has – Talk about your assistant coach of the year candidate. I think I think he should be one of them because you looked at this roster going into the season. You said, who's an above-average starter on this defense? Maybe there's two. You know, Clayton Gathers and Jabal Sheard were maybe two that stuck Very out. Very generous to Clayton I Gathers. guess. I mean, or whatever. Malik, I don't know. Like, when you were talking about their secondaries playing really well, that has stood out. Here's their secondary. It's Clayton Gathers, Malik Hooker, Kenny Moore, George Odom, uh, and Pierre Desir. I mean, that's Quincy Wilson. Quincy Wilson, I think, yeah, Quincy Wilson as well. It's ridiculous, that group. And then you have Sheard and Margus Hunt and Danico Autry. And then Anthony Walker's played pretty well next to Darius Lett. I mean, it's just a bunch of guys kind of playing as one. Very similar to the Cowboys where they're not going to do much. Not going to do a lot of blitzing. Not going to show you too much. It's just like fundamental. Let's tackle them. Let's make well, plays in the red zone. One, one note. There is someone in the room that wrote an article in a July or so about why the Indianapolis Colts will make the playoffs. Now, I wrote one for every single team in the league, <laughs> along with Adam Rank, but um, nailed this one. Nailed it and felt confident <laughs> about it. One of my favorite running it. features in the history of this website. I mean, the thing is, you're I essentially predicted all 12 playoff teams. <laughs> well, the, the great thing well, about you it. You missed what? Whatever the We don't need to worry 20. about that side of it, though. It's You can you can yeah. market it any way you want. 12 and for 32 is not bad. You did such a good yeah. job with it, though. That Adam Rank I know too. you split it with Rank. Yeah. Next year, do you go all 32 teams? Take all you know, I, I feel like I did the, the Lord's work with that series, and I'm going to let someone else take that on uh, next year, maybe Dan. I would love like a – no, thanks. I would love like an analytics breakdown of 
you versus Rank, who got more right? I mean, we were essentially just assigned them, so it wasn't even that we can, you know, I'm 12 for 12, baby. Go out on a limb and say the site does not need that article. Mm. Well, you take that up with someone else. <laughs> that's that's not my call. So that Jags-Titans game could be a, a winning in Sunday night football, which is not what NBC Ooh. wants, probably. Jags-Titans? I mean, uh, Titans-Colts. Like, sorry, please, I will there's, end it all. There's I, a I, think, <laughs> I think there's a better chance than not that that game is going to get flexed because it's really hard to see – the Steelers and Ravens both winning against the Saints and Chargers next week. Hmm. Mm. All right. Let us move on. Let's hear from one of our lovely sponsors. Control Center by Cavo is the one remote that does it all. This holiday season, help your loved ones take control of their gift TV with the gift of Control Center. Control Center cleans up your home theater so you can control everything connected to your TV with one easy-to-use remote. And stop wasting precious time searching for shows. Plug in your streamer, sound system, cable, or satellite, even your game console. And Control Center handles it all. Shop now and get 40% off Control Center with promo code AROUND. That's $59.95, 40% off regular pricing of $99.95. Control Center is available at caavo.com and Best Buy. Control Center by Cavo. One remote that does it all. Gives it to Henry to the right. Nice cut. He goes in standing up. Touchdown, Titans. Derrick Henry with two on the day, 11 on the campaign. Mm, another one of my favorites, Mike Keith with the call, Titans Radio. Derrick Henry had a second straight big game, career-high 33 carries. That's big boy work for buck 70 and two touchdowns. The surging Titans ended the Giants' playoff ho hopes with a 17 to nil win at the rainy, generally miserable Meadowlands, which they pulled off a nice feat there, that, that facility in uh, in North Jersey. They played host to two home teams that lost this weekend in the NFL. Tough year for New York football. It's, it's hard to do that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, how did the Titans win? Like a like just the, the two New York teams combined don't have the wins that either L.A. team have. Yeah. Eat it, East Coast. Okay. We're the <laughs> home of football. Okay. Slightly aggressive. And you're not true West Coaster. Don't try to, you know, say. I say home is where you are. You're I a feel, nomad. Well, I feel you're like. You're a man without a country. Home is like where me. you are, and I'm at home in L.A. after what five years. What if you're years. kidnapped I, by Russians, Greg? Is, I love is Russia. Your home, then? It's like central <laughs> Moscow. I chose to Come live on. here. So did you guys. So how did, the, how did the Titans win? <laughs> Classic, Greg, I don't know. Greg turning into a different conversation. I love it out here as well. That is not what the question is. It's about loyalty. It's home. I mean, what agenda are you driving here? It's it's undetectable. I cannot figure <laughs> I out don't what know the either. point here is. How did the Titans win? They shut down Saquon Barkley, who did nothing. Uh, they benefited, obviously, from the uh, absence of Odell Beckham. The Giants' passing offense did nothing. And, uh, in fact, the Giants, on the day where we got a report, I believe from Rap Sheet, that the Giants were leaning toward uh, rolling with Eli uh, in 2019. They just had 260 yards of total offense. So the dream is over um, for Big Blue. Wes can sleep easily tonight. I was <laughs> sleeping just fine and dandy. And uh, the Titans, uh, they won three straight. So they are, once again, it's been a, a topsy-turvy season for them, but they once again have themselves in good position if they could close strong. All they have to do, Wes, is avoid – those pitfalls that haunt this franchise where they suck people in and then lay a stinker, and it's always possible. 
Well, despite Greg's best efforts to prop up the Redskins as some kind of dangerous team. What? All I said was they're <laughs> half a game out <laughs> of the why, why, why does it even matter if they're half a game? They're not a real team. <laughs> well, you told me the Titan season was over, too, three weeks ago, and I we pointed at the schedule, and sometimes the schedule matters, and you don't, have to be a great, you don't have to be a great team to beat the Giants or beat bad Okay, teams. so in order to satisfy Greg, yes, there is a mathematical chance that the Redskins pull off an upset next week, but really, if, as far as analysis goes, the Titans are a much better team than the Redskins with, with their third-string quarterback, so this should be an easy victory for the Titans next week. The I think that they're doing what works for them right now, and I don't think I don't know if it can last. I don't know how much I trust them, but you've won a game seventeen nothing on a day when your quarterback threw eighty eight for eighty eight yards. It was I cannot I can't stress this enough. It the was weather one of those awful Northeast December games where it was a constant. Imagine you went to that game as a Giants fan. It was a constant downpour with swirling winds, and the way to win this game was to get on Derrick Henry's back because I mean I know this guy's kind of been hit and miss in his career. But for the second straight week, he looked like a guy that you could win playoff games with uh, and his, with his ability to run through arm tackles, to chew up yardage, to get first downs, to control the clock. And this game wasn't as outrageous. as We went for 238 and four last week. But this one was the game that they really needed in these conditions. And that's a guy that you can get behind. I mean, he's think how much money he has made fantasy league owners. I mean, going 170 and two. If you went into your you know semifinal today, you got Derrick Henry. The other guy got Saquon Barkley. You just put a hammer nobody, on him. And nobody feels bad for you if you left Henry on the bench last week, and that was understandable. But if you then left him on the bench again against a bad Giants team, we do not care. In fact, we don't care either way, but I really don't have sympathy. I absolutely it's don't. It's a little care. on my – and I'm usually not the anti-fantasy guy, mm. and maybe because my season's already over in my fantasy league, but – all the millennials in the newsroom today jumping that, up and down. You, about you mentioned that games. three separate times. Very rarely. I was like, that's normally coming out of my mouth. Yeah, very know. rarely does it kind of get on my grid. But, like, there's a big football game going on between the Steelers and Patriots, and people are going nuts about whatever. You Doug know, Baldwin. They had. Yeah, Doug Baldwin found the end zone. Are the Giants officially eliminated? Yes, they are. Yes. So five their and nine. percentage went from like 0. 0.7 to 0. <laughs> it did very, okay. you very can't, quickly. Wait, you can't mock the Giants. The Packers are in the same situation virtually. Sure, but they're 5 and, and 9, and they are they were lucky. To, not lucky, but they, they didn't look like a team that was going to go on a run, did they? Hey, it's a sad day. Same amount of wins as Green Bay. I'm please. looking forward to reading how the new New York media handles this devastating <laughs> loss to their playoff chance. I guess the we- <laughs> the weather was rough, but they got to get some sort of passing game. The the Mariota and the passing game is going in the wrong please. direction. The, it's going in the wrong direction. Keep out of January football, please. Colts will take care of him. Let's move on. Here's a toss sweep. Mixon with blockers in front. Go, He's Joe. to the 10, yeah. the 5, to Woo. the pylon. Yeah. Touchdown, yeah. Bengals, as Joe Mixon sprints 15 yards for what could be a clinching touchdown. Dan Horde. Bengals Radio Network with the call. Joe Mixon continues to get the job done. He went for 27 for 129 and two touchdowns, uh, and that was all you needed. Even with Jeff Driscoll at quarterback, they take care of business. 30 to 16 over the Raiders who fall for three and 11, and they continue to surge toward the number one overall pick. Wes Mixon, it's been a quiet breakout season for that gentleman. I'm not saying he's Zeke Elliott, Todd Gurley, or, or Saquon Barkley, but he's in the next tier down from them. 
It's been a legitimate breakout year. We've been saying it since week one. He looks explosive. He's cutting well. He's taking 30 touches today for 130 yards and a couple of scores. And he is he is the focal point of their offense, I think, going forward into next year. Tyler Boyd is the other breakout guy this year, and he left with a knee injury. Didn't play the rest of the game, but did say afterwards that he should be okay for next week. They're really banged up. I, I would ask you this, like, because maybe not everyone's monitoring the Bengals heavily at this point. <laughs> Jeff Driscoll, Andy Dalton. Do you see a major yes. fall off from one to the other? Yes. Andy Dalton's a much better quarterback. I mean, we. Don't, I'm just asking because I don't, we don't have a lot of Dalton Driscoll's a lot of respect take. in this room, but he's about the 18th or 20th best quarterback in the NFL. If I not, like a we little, have covered that actually. If not, a little bit better. And Jeff Driscoll's just not even. Close no, to I, that. last week I my scouting evaluation was I. Um, <laughs> Driscoll, right. though, going uh, sub 50% completion, 3.9 yards per attempt against the Raiders. Not, it was, not all right. It was a bad performance by Driscoll. And that ends a five-game losing streak for the Bengals and Marvin Lewis, who maybe coached his final home game in Cincinnati, but we'll believe it when we see it. Their defense is a little bit better. Two weeks in a row they've played pretty good, but the Raiders aren't really a stiff test either. Geno Atkins had three more sacks, so he's back in double digits again. Raiders are just seeing if they can mess up the one seed at this point. If you're a Raiders fan, you got to feel a little a mixed feelings with these games. Let's move on. Here's the snap. Ball down by Pinion. Kick on the way by Robbie Gold. It is good. And the 49ers beat the Seahawks. Yeah, it's about time. <laughs> Ted Robinson. Ooh, jaunty. KNBR with the call. You love these guys that have been calling the games forever. And even though these teams might not matter, the games matter when you're this close to the team. That's what you heard in Ted Robinson's voice there. Robbie Gold kicked a 36-yarder with 3.06 to play in overtime, and the Niners snap a 10-game losing streak Oof. against the Seahawks, a 26-23 win on Sunday. And, Wes, we, uh, we've talked about how the Seahawks seem pretty locked in where they're going to be in the playoffs, but still, you do not want to go to San Francisco and lose this game. It, like, t- deflates you a little bit. Seattle's done this, I think, in four of the past five years in December where they lay an egg against a division opponent that's not really good, and that happened again today. Um, I think Nick Mullins is probably a little bit better than we thought at first. Especially, right? I think he's all right. Like when, when I first watched him, I thought, okay, if he like stays it? with a Shanahan – if he stays with some kind of Shanahan offense, he can be pretty good, but – I didn't think he had the size or the arm strength, and now I think he has total control of this offense. He grasps it very well. He's a very accurate quarterback. He took a ton of hits, and I worry how much how many hits he can take because he's not a big guy. Um, and he also missed a couple. He probably left 100 yards and a touchdown on the field on two throws to George Kittle that he missed. But he had the he had this team moving up and down the field, and a lot of that is Kyle Shanahan just being one of the best schemers out there. And, you know – Obviously, this has not been a very good season for San Francisco, and the Garoppolo injury was devastating, and you hope he's back to full strength next year. But Mullins gives you, if nothing else, you learn this year that you have a very good, solid backup quarterback. In a year where they've played their second and third-string quarterbacks most of the year, they entered this game sixth in the NFL in big plays. I, I think you can see his improvement, too, Mullins, over the last few weeks that he's getting better. He's like, I, He's like earned himself a lot of years in the league. As a, as a back. I mean, as long as Kyle Shanahan's around, he'll, he can he's just – He's pulling a Colt McCoy. Just hang out. Have a, yeah. a big game every at the, couple At worst, years. who knows? He's yeah. a rookie. He, I mean, you have C.J. Beathard, too. Could you ever see someone falling for 
the Nick Mullins mystique in trading. I'm not saying you're trading much for him, but they may try to get him out of the Niners system onto your own roster. I think it would have to be somebody who runs a similar offense to Kyle Shanahan. Right? It's it's Mullins a, for Mayfield straight up. <laughs> who says no? Do it. It's a tough loss though because the Seahawks play the Chiefs next week, and they still want to clinch that five spot, which in theory will go against the Cowboys instead of the Bears, and you just want to get in. I mean, you, you can't count on anything necessarily if you're the Seahawks. You get Doug Baldwin back today who looked they play great. good, but it's kind of like the Cowboys and the first half of the Cowboys game reminded me of this. The, the style that they play invites these close games sometimes. You don't They don't necessarily score as much as you feel like they should based on how well they move the ball, and that's what happens. I think well, it's a big deal if you have to face the Bears in Chicago instead of the Cowboys in Dallas. If they don't have a franchise record for penalty yards in a game, they probably win this game. But they had 148 yards in penalties. And they lost because of it. Let us move on. Here's the snap. Allen takes a look. Standing in the pocket. Fires it downfield, looking for uh, Foster, makes the catch at the five, heading into the end zone, and he is in! Touchdown! Touchdown! 42 yards! Robert Foster makes the catch at the five and scoots into the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo. That's what I'm talking about. John Murphy of WGR. He doesn't care if the Bills stink. That's an exciting football play, and he called it. Josh Allen, 42-yard <laughs> touchdown pass to Robert Foster early in the fourth quarter. The Bills rally back. 14-13 win over the Lions. Detroit, well, not this is going to surprise anybody, but they're not going to the playoffs. They're officially eliminated uh, with this defeat. Greg, this sounds like a positive performance for Josh Allen, who made some big plays and did not turn the ball over. Yeah, more of the same, where he made enough really nice throws, or at least a, a sprinkling of them, to get them a win on a day where their defense played well, where they were on their fourth string running back. Keith Ford, who also was in and out of the game himself with injuries after they lost their starter, and his leading three receivers are Robert Foster, Isaiah McKenzie, and Jason Kroom. And he just won an NFL game. I don't know. I almost feel like Sean McDermott is trying to How that happens, but it happens. It's almost like McDermott is trying to tell everyone, I can field essentially a vastly no-name offense and still win games. I mean, it's like this is one of the most no-name offenses I've and, ever seen in my entire right, life. Right, an injury plague. Robert Foster, though, I, I do think you're you're hoping if you're the Bills you find some things at the end of this year. Robert Foster, to me, has popped the last few weeks and the big plays that he makes. He's an undrafted rookie from Alabama who now has more yards this season in the NFL than he had in all four years at Alabama combined. He was a, like a, hu- a huge – Five-star recruit that was all hyped up, couldn't get his act together in college. But I don't know. He, he looks like they I found would, something. There. I'd love to know how many guys in the history of the league <laughs> got promoted off the practice squad and then had three 100-yard games in their first five games played. That's pretty good. Yep, and part of it's opportunity. You're not buried behind anyone because there's no one There's no one. Anybody pops like that touchdown play, he's explosive, and, and you can see it. He's been a nice, a nice combo with that one. Matt Prater misses a 48-yarder that – could have given the Lions the win in the fourth quarter. And it's just, you know, more of the same in Detroit. Another, not only a loss season, but just kind of a blah season. Well, and this is one year, this year stands out as a year where there's a bit of a changing of the guard happening, number one. There's a lot of new young quarterbacks that are putting their stamp on their offenses and their teams, and a lot of attacks that are flexible enough to change midseason and change their fortunes. And the Lions remain stuck in the mud, looking well, we vastly like Bob they Cooter, had. a lot of credit. For what he was able to do once uh, he took over, uh, I guess it was a year and a half ago, something like that. Uh, but 
I don't know if that's stalled out or if now he's in danger. I think he's in danger. But uh, it's yeah, just like I think he's in big time danger. It's it's it, if you're a Lions fan, I, I feel for you because I also root for a team that seems perpetually stuck in the mud, and it's just there's there's no pop. And the only thing that makes them a strange team, and we'll have plenty of time to talk about this, is that they have ostensibly a, a franchise quarterback behind center. Yeah, and a these guy, years just continue to pass them by. A guy who seemed to improve the last two years to be this steady sort of top ten quarterback. And this year, taking a big step back, and it's hard to say how much of it's him, how much of it's the offense, and how much of it is all the injuries they've had on that offense. The whole offense is throwing up jump balls to Kenny Galladay, and I don't know if there's anyone better at it right now other than Nuke Hopkins. Mm. He had two more today that were just amazing on Tredavious White. He, he's a special player. All right, let's move on. Here's the snap to Rosen. Quick throw, batted in the air, and intercepted Deion Jones. 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Atlanta, 41 yards to the house for Deion Jones off the Vic Beasley deflection. He's back. <laughs> Wes Turnham, Falcons Radio Network with the call. Deion Jones, who was badly missed in Atlanta during a lengthy absence, absence this season, returned an interception for a score. The Falcons win for the first time in a month, 40-14 to over the helpless Arizona Cardinals. Atlanta's beleaguered defense forced three turnovers and sacked Josh Rosen seven times. Mark, Josh Rosen, start here. He's in an impossible spot. He is because where you see some rookies, and I think that Darnold's someone who needs to coach a new coaching staff around him, but he's continuing to, as Wes mentioned, almost just take the offense on his shoulders and make progress. It's just not possible for Josh Rosen, and I give him a free pass on this season because you're playing behind an awful offensive line. He takes some of the worst hits you see week after week. He also throws a couple terrible passes each week that, that generate typically turnovers and a couple super pretty ones too where you see, the, you see the possibilities with him. But this is one of the teams that I feel like coaching-wise, there's just simply no vision on either side of the ball. And I, I, I don't wish anyone to lose the job, but if you're Steve Wilkes, you have to – what is your argument – to go into year two or year three of this experiment. I don't, I don't understand what they're doing that he's pushing for that they're succeeding at at all, and the Falcons just put him on it. The Falcons, like the Vikings, where they've not been able to run the ball and their offense has been you know, anemic, they got it today with Tevin Coleman. He had a 65-yard run to set up a field goal, had a 43-yard touchdown run, and then had a 44-yard touchdown run that was called back. I mean, he got it done Where for them. Where has this been all season? I don't know. I think it's because you're playing a – a lost at sea team right. as well, but they did what they needed to. And, you know, when you're going to go notch a bunch of turnovers, get a pick six, the game just kind of streaked the way it did to a 44. I don't know why we're burying this game at the end. It was such an exciting <laughs> affair. I mean, you're giving it appropriate love. <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, I was captivated by it and it reminded me why I chose this line of work. I mean, it was uh, just a fascinating way to space spend Sunday afternoon. I think one of the things that bothers me about Steve Wilkes the most is his repeated insistence in the offseason that the offensive line was the strength of his team. And granted, they have been injured. Every starting offensive lineman has been injured on this team. But even before they were injured, this was a terrible offensive line. I just That worries me that he thought this was the strength of his team. And when Byron Leftwich took over as the OC midway through the season, David Johnson started looking like David Johnson again. And I know he had a couple impact plays in this game, but his numbers week after week, he's not producing. So when you take him out of the, out of the mix as a productive player, it, you're kind of hanging Rosen out to dry. Mm -hmm. Yep, and I should mention that like it, 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 Rosen was essentially mercy benched by the end of this game for Mike Glennon because it's like, 
how much duress do you want to put a first-year quarterback through when there's no stakes attached to the to the season at this state? Well, Glennon went 10 of 14, 111 yards and a touchdown, so he should be signed for about $17 million. Oh, he's time. got some cash coming as well. Uh, hey, still in search of the perfect holiday gift? Yes. Uh, yes, and also Indeed. hopefully some for myself. Nautica's got you covered. When it comes to last-minute gifts, Nautica has something for everyone on your list. Help friends and family stay cozy all season long in cold-weather favorites like the best-selling Nautex fleece. It's made with static-free anti-pill fabric that retains heat for a cool look and a cozy feel. Layer them up in puffer vests and coats that are packable and reversible for every type of winter adventure. For the dad that has everything. Nautica. Visit Nautica.com to find a store near you. Use code FOOTBALL for 10% off your next purchase in-store or online through December 24th. That's Nautica.com, code FOOTBALL. And on to Sunday night. Can this team that has had so much adversity this season rejoice with a win? Duff, here comes the rush. They're coming in. He is firing. Incomplete! Incomplete! The game is over. The Eagles win. Intended for Reynolds. The Eagles win. The Eagles win. They have upset the Rams. Yes. On the final play of the game, Jared Goff sails it high to Josh Reynolds. Incomplete. Game over. Philadelphia Eagles shock. The Los Angeles Rams 30-23 to at the Coliseum. And, whoa, the Rams fall to 11-3 and their hopes to be the number one seed in the NFC all but evaporate. And for the Eagles, Mark Sessler pulled a 7-7. and in the, They are in the middle of the hunt now in the playoffs, even for the, in their own division with the Cowboys losing this week. What a huge win and what an unlikely performance by a Philly team a lot of people wrote off. And it just tells me that all, all they really needed to do all along was to, you know, get Carson Wentz out of the picture, plug Nick Foles back in there and just get back on this magic mm-hmm. carpet ride. They're back alive. They've got games remaining, a manageable slate against the Texans and Redskins. Hey, I was going to help you out, but you got it. I was waiting for uh, my page to turn on. That Texans game is big. <laughs> That that's suddenly one of the biggest games in week 16, because with the Redskins and Josh Johnson sitting there at week 17 and you think, well, if the Eagles could find a way to beat Houston, there's a real chance that they get back into the playoffs. Obviously, Houston's fighting for a bye. This is one of the most surprising results of the season, just because this Eagles team to me had looked so dead. And Foles did play really well in spurts in this game. He, he had some beautiful throws in the first half. But when it started falling apart for them in the fourth quarter, you kind of felt like it was going to be another Eagles collapse, and it didn't happen. Got to be worried about the Rams a little bit. The, yeah. Are they that classic team that does peak too soon? And there's so much. Uh, they're still, even with two straight losses now, they're still in great position. They could still get a bye and, and still be a team to be reckoned with in the NFC playoffs come January, but they really, Wes, have not been the same team since that incredible double 50-burger shootout. They went into their bye, and the team that's come out, especially on offense, is just not the same team. Well, their quarterback is in a deep slump. This is now three games, and Goff did not play well again. He missed some easy throws. He looks a little spooked in the pocket, and he's not playing well at all. I mean, the last play was 
I think fitting. How do you not give? He he made the right call. A blitz is coming from that side. You got one-on-one coverage. You throw it to the outside there and let Josh Reynolds try to make a play on Avante Maddox, and you sail it. You don't even give him a chance. To me, that's unforgivable, and he had some throws like that, and I think part of it is that the line has not played well over the last three weeks. The Lions pushed around the offensive line of the Rams. The Bears certainly did, and for much of this game, Fletcher Cox uh, was the the most impactful defensive lineman in the game, not Aaron Donald. The entire game was a disappointment for the Rams, but uh, it was almost a microcosm the last three minutes of the game. They get set up really well after a stop. They're down seven, and then JoJo Natson muffs a punt. Jets legend JoJo Natson muffs, muffs a punt. That that goes up in smoke. They get the three out, three and out, and then a missed field goal by, uh, attempt by the Eagles gives them new life again. And then in even that last drive, and maybe this is a team that, too much has gone well for them over the, uh, the the last three months where a little bit of adversity is not uh, – they're not handling it too well. You have uh, – who was it? It was Todd Gurley uh, second, Gerald Everett first, staying in bounds when they did not oh, have yeah. any timeouts. That killed them. And that cost them the two of those plays combined probably half a minute that they could not afford to give up, which led to the desperate last, last second throw that fell incomplete. Felt like Everett did that on two drives in a row. He didn't get out of bounds. Mm. One thing working working against the Eagles right now is it's very likely the Bears are going to have nothing to play for in Week 17, and they go to Minnesota for that game. Hmm. Yeah, that's could they could they sit players? You're right. There's a few things that would have to happen. Even with the Rams losing here. Well, the Ram the Rams get the Cardinals and 49ers in the next two weeks. I'm not sure if that's the order that they get them in. It is. But they they just need to win those two games and. But now that they're only one back, you're right. Actually, they should go into Week 17 with a chance. Uh, the Bears should be playing, you know, to win that game in Week 17, just because they have the tiebreaker over the Rams, and it opened up at least the slight possibility if the Rams lost to the 49ers, who are playing a little better lately. They've, you know, they beat the Broncos and the Seahawks. Nick uh, Mullins, the god. That that game that game means a little something. Well, well then strike what I said. The the Bears do have something to play. The Rams, they if could, the Ram, yeah. Rams ever go from that high they were on after the Chiefs' classic shootout to falling out of a bye would be uh, a stunning uh, free fall and would make you wonder if that team is long for the playoffs. But you never know, and you never know with the Eagles <laughs> even. I mean, look at the last year's team with Nick Foles goes and it gets hot. I mean, the fact that lightning could strike twice, probably not. But if you're an Eagles fan now, the season that felt all but over after that Cowboys loss, all of a sudden you're like, wait a second. We got Nick Foles back in Why the lineup. Not, right? We got a big win. Things are getting weird in the NFC. <laughs> what else can you ask for? It's crazy because they're so shorthanded. You know, they're so banged up. Is Doug Peterson a good coach again? Somebody uh, update me, please. (laughs) Well, this isn't a good team. I think he's he's been fine all along. This has been a – they're a 7-7 team that's looked like it from day one. I think they've been almost one of the more consistent teams in the league, consistently middle of the pack. But, yeah, you win. This was the first game. This might have been the most impressive game the Eagles had all season. Right? Oh, it's got to be. On the road. And so – and I know – and I don't – I know you were joking around about, you know, taking Carson Wentz out and Foles and all that. I wasn't kidding. Mark, uh, you weren't kidding. Well, there is going to be some hot takes, you know, about Foles. I thought he did come out. They came out with with some fire, and he came out throwing the ball well, which he wasn't early in the year. And so you've seen Nick Foles get hot. Can he get hot for a couple more games? Mm. No. 
Eagles are going to win the NFC East. Stop. Take a rocket run. I think the magic number for the Cowboys, though, is one. So all they need the is, Cowboys is one Eagles loss out. or one. You know, all, they, they just, lost one time in the last six weeks. Yeah, they I'm just, just need, And they host the, the Bucks. I do not think the NFC East is too up for grabs. But that wild card, only half a game out. That's 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 tasty. Wild. The Eagles alive and well. How about that? All right. Uh, that's it for uh, our Sunday night flagship program. The next time you see slash hear us, we have our Twitter show on uh, Tuesday at 430 Eastern, 130 Pacific. Uh, and then Wednesdays, the next time you'll hear our beautiful audio podcast, award winning, uh, universally beloved. Uh, podcast uh, that you're listening to right now. So thank you, everybody, for your support as we head toward the home stretch. This is Dan Hansis signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss, Ricky Hollywood behind the class. We already see a hot take. Eagles better with Foles at quarterback? Till Tuesday. Come on, Damian. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.